This is Cupcakes and Consciousness, and I'm Kelly Childs. And I'm Erin Weatherby. We are a mom and daughter team, and we're also the co-founders of the wildly successful Kelly's Big Shop. Every episode, we will be dishing out sweet ideas on how to live your best life ever. You're going to hear it real and unfiltered from us. Some actually may call us crazy and ask how we do it all including still loving each other at the end of the day. But here we are, almost 10 years later. This is the Cupcakes and Consciousness Podcast. So we are back, and I'm so excited. Me too. This is so great. We (laughs) are back. (laughs) Just amazing. And um, this is our our, our favorite thing in the world to do, is just talking and sharing and... um, the no filter part, I really like, right? You know, just being open and we get to say whatever we want because we own this show. And talk right? about whatever we want from business to consciousness to forgiveness to yeah. our relationship together. Yeah. Anything and everything goes on this on this show. So thank you for about, being here. I get to talk about your sassiness. You do. You do. And I get to talk about your sassiness too. So it goes, it goes both ways. So what... Uh, we were going to talk about today is this really cool part of forgiveness. And uh, I did this talk last week, right? And and it was really magical from my point of view, because I mean, I was doing the talk, Aaron was feeling the talk and witnessing people that were there at the event. And it was kind of a sold out event too, right? Mm-hmm. It was very surprising. It was and almost, it did, almost 200 women showed up to hear Kelly speak. It was pretty, pretty powerful. And we thought it was just going to be a small workshop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was very humbling. So, uh, I'm what we've gone through anyways, for the past even month or so in particular, uh, we went to see uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza, which we're going to uh, be talking about later in another podcast yeah. as well too, and sharing that amazing experience with all of you. We saw him, it was about a month ago now yeah. and, and he touched so much, like a really big part of our life mm-hmm. uh, and our individual lives. And we got to understand that power of forgiveness mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're going to explore this. We are. And I know that, I know, mom, you had something that you really, really wanted to forgive and needed to forgive in your soul. And I think that that was the basis of this beautiful talk that you gave last week. So please share with everyone. (laughs) Well, I guess, I mean, I have a different perspective of, of my dad who was your grandpa Mm -hmm. and, and he affected my life very, very deeply. And I guess, you know, we really need a lot of time to talk about this, but we're going to do this as just a really a, a brief version of it was, you know, from the outside, my life looked, you know, really magical and really by all intents and purposes, it really, you know, was a, a magical life and it's all in how you look at things, right. And how we spin our stories. So anyway, so my life was very difficult with him and I had a time with him that was violent, a time that he was very hard to please. Uh, my sister, my mom, and myself, we were, you know, the three girls that really walked on broken eggshells around him. And he was, you know, but on the other side, he was this incredible man who was this, you know, a designer, architectural designer, um, model builder. Uh, he was a stay-at-home dad because he worked, got work from home and worked from the studio at the back of our property. And, you know, I had my mom home too with us. So my sister and I had both parents home all the time. And, 
you know, that, that part was really neat, but, but there was this other side of him that sort of coincided with the drinking. It coincided with every time he talked to his mother on the phone, there were incredible triggers with my grandmother and him. And, and, and that, you know, we, we ended up becoming very aware. So when it's like dad was talking on the phone with grandma, watch out. We, yeah. Shannon, <laughs> Shannon and I, we just, and mom, we, we, we just took off because we knew that when he was off the phone with her, um, we, we got the brunt of that, but life was, was, was very difficult and, and very, very hard. And, and then, you know, it went right into, um, when I was 12 years old, I was sexually assaulted by this complete stranger and, and that was just me cutting through from, you know, from a volleyball practice. I was, a, it was in grade seven and, and a complete stranger jumped me in the bushes and, and, um, tried to rape me. And it was a, it was a very, very hard experience for me because what ended up happening was when I ran home after that happened, I'll, I'll never forget looking at my father and, you know, the police were there and stuff. And, and I, I just remember saying, you know, I'm so sorry, daddy. I'm so sorry for disappointing you. And, and cause that was for me, that was the ultimate disappointment for him because then I became damaged. You know, mm -hmm. I was this person that yeah. wasn't a good little yeah. girl anymore. Yeah. Um, and I'd become dirty almost. Mm -hmm. I'd become like ashamed and, you know, so then, Hey, the rest of my life, you know, was, was very difficult pleasing him. It put a wedge between us and, you know, really all I wanted was my dad just to hold me and hug mm -hmm. me, just tell me everything was going to be okay. But, you know, I, I never got that, that love again from yeah. him. So then I, I felt that I was very accountable. I felt that I disappointed him. I had the ultimate disappointment mm -hmm. and it was very, very hard to, um, ever resolve that. Yeah. And especially to, I mean, and just to add, I think after a traumatic experience like that, I mean, I have never experienced something like that myself and I'm very grateful and fortunate enough to not have experienced that, but I can only imagine the the pain that you were feeling on the inside and you just wanted, you know, my grandma and grandpa, your mom and dad to just say, it's okay. Like we, we, mm -hmm. we have you here. We love you. Don't right. worry. Everything's going to be okay. But instead it was this, like, you know, you're, you're, you're now an adult, you know, there was this, this, this separation that happened, I think probably, right. I, I separated from them and yeah. I, I separated from myself. Yeah because that was the end of the innocence. Mm -hmm. That was the end of childhood. That was the end of having a, you know, this, a fairy tale mm -hmm. life or, or a potential of a fairy tale mm -hmm. life because he was already kind of a hard guy to please. Mm -hmm. So this just was an added burden on my shoulders. Right. And when you're a 12 year old, like that's, you know, some heavy lifting. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a part of me that still feels that I never really lived a childhood. Mm -hmm. I still never really got a childhood. Yeah. And, uh, because I was, I was really that the older child, I, I, you know, protected my mom, I protected my sister and really shouldered the brunt of, of taking my dad on mm -hmm. in, in many situations. So yeah, so, it was difficult. Yeah. So during, during that, and then obviously, uh, growing up to be a young woman and a woman and I was born and, you know, you had me. Um, I and had then, you, yeah, 26. And then, and then when you were 32, maybe you can share what happened sure. then and kind of that um, forgiveness aspect and, and just what your life was looking like then. Sure. 
And, you know, it's funny too that there, I mean, there's no doubt, obviously my relationship with my father has affected every single relationship with every man I've ever had too, of right? Course, you know, yeah. and that's including your father. Of course. Yeah. And so I, I had you at 26 and, um, and still, you know, never, never resolving my relationship with my dad. And so anyway, so it, yeah, you were five years old and I, w- I was dropping you off at the house because you were going to go to the cottage with them. Mm-hmm. And I was there to have dinner, the four of us, so mom and dad and me and you. And then I was going to leave you because I was going to go off and, and go to work that, that next day and stuff. And, and and so I left you behind because he was going to pack up the car because you guys were going to the cottage to hang out for like a week or so with them. And he and I had a fight, you know, he'd been drinking too much and just very argumentative, just again, just, you know, very harshly judgmental, harshly, harshly judgmental. And, and I know that he was just really trying to resolve things within his own mm-hmm. soul. Um, you know, in hindsight now that I've been giving myself this space, of course. Right. Of course. So, uh, what happened was then I left and we, you know, because we had this fight and I remember driving out the driveway and he was standing in that front window and just, you know, really glaring at me and, you know, disapproving of me and my choices in my life. And, and I, I, I cried driving home and you and I were living in the beaches at the time. So mm-hmm. I was going to go back home down in the beaches there. And the next morning, um, Papa died. My dad died. Mm-hmm. And that was the hardest thing that I ever... You've ever had to deal with. Of course, for all of yeah. us, you know, because I didn't get to resolve it. Mm-hmm. And here he goes and dies. <laughs> and he had a brain aneurysm, for those of you that are inquiring as to what happened. It was very sudden. So he went to sleep and he went to sleep forever. And the fire department came and took him to the hospital, but it was already too late. It was a massive mm-hmm. brain bleed. And and that afternoon we were donating his organs and uh, you know his liver, kidneys, lungs, corneas. Mm-hmm. So six different people uh, received his, his gift of living. Yeah. And so... And I was surprised too that his liver was actually <laughs> donatable. We went, how is that possible? How was he able to have his liver, you know, donated? After being such a heavy drinker. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I mean, we, we can laugh about yeah. it now. Yeah. And, and at the time it was, it was so, it was so hard mm-hmm. to not ever have that closure. Yes. And so that was now in 1995. So mm-hmm. we're talking 24 years ago. Yeah. At 24, it still feels like it happened maybe six months ago or so, right? These things just are so prevalent in our minds. And it was a shock. It was like this trauma, again, another trauma, another shock. And so how do you find that space within your heart and within your soul to um, receive the gift of forgiveness mm-hmm. and and to set yourself free? How do you, how do you ever find mm-hmm. the space to start living your own life? Absolutely. And I, so. I, I, I think to, um, you know, trying to navigate that being 32 years of age, you get into a fight with your father the night before my grandpa, mm-hmm. the next day he passes away. You have a five-year-old daughter to handle. You're trying to work, trying to do like, it's like, I don't even know how you even got through it, honestly, because even still, when you tell this story, I get chills because it's. It's so powerful, but I think it's such an amazing lesson that that you have learned, I think, hopefully now, I think, after 24 years, 
And it's still this, this work in progress, but it's this lesson that you've learned of how to forgive and how to, um, just to, to really cherish these, these people in your life. And, you know, yeah, I think it's just really been a really hard lesson, but a really good lesson for you. So what I, 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 I'm going to back that up a bit because what we all are looking for is the true connection to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And at that moment in time, yeah, my life spiraled out of control and I attracted to my energy that was completely out of control. And this is a completely open, transparent moment um, from the, the worst guys that I ever could have mm-hmm. the worst guys that like, even my mother doesn't even know about this stuff. And my <laughs> sisters, like there's people that don't even know that like a, a drug dealer and, you know, he worked out at the gym I was at and he was the worst of the worst. And I didn't know he was a drug dealer, but he did drive around in a Lotus and he had a Lamborghini and he was one of those big shots with the ponytail and just, you know, and I was just back in the nineties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lost myself. And I didn't know he was a drug dealer until we actually went out mm-hmm. for dinner. And then afterwards he said he had to go somewhere and we were, I'll never forget this down on DuPont street. And I am all of 32 years old, maybe 33 at that point. I don't know when I can't remember exactly, but it was a say six months or four months or so after Papa had passed away. And, uh, he said he had to go and meet with somebody and pulled the car off to the side of the road and right in downtown Toronto. And he got out of the car and was talking to some guys. And then all of a sudden this fight broke out. What? And Aaron's going, cause what? Aaron doesn't know this story. She's never told so, no. And this fight broke <sighs> out and you know, I, I'm not a very good person with violence in the best of times. And I see these things on TV and stuff. And this was like a full out brawl. (laughs) Yeah. And, and he, and he was collecting and he was the dealer and I didn't know it. And he was one of the guys that worked for him, whatever happened. I don't even know. So this full out fight happened on DuPont street. Another car pulled up. I'm like sinking in the passenger seat of this car. And I'm going, how did I get here? Please don't pull out guns. I'm just out of here. I need to get out of here. Anyways, needless to say, needless he to say, was he was a very very bad influence and somebody that you should not have been hanging around with. But right. your energy in that moment in time and in that time in sure. your life was attracting sure. that negative, very bullshit, bad energy. And I didn't care about myself. Exactly. I didn't I didn't care about myself. I even yes. tried ecstasy for the first time, and I don't know what the heck is that. She's just sharing all of these like amazing <laughs> fun facts right now about Kelly Childs that I had no idea about. So you guys are hearing about it and I'm hearing about so, it for the first time. So that was the last date that I had with that guy. Oh my God. And so at least I had that that enough smarts around me and that, that was because of you. Mm-hmm. That was because I cared enough about, you know, my life with Aaron and Aaron was, has always been my grounding force. And I, and I truly believe that. So anyways, let's get back to that. Like, the you know, forgiveness the thing. forgiveness so part so, I, and how I had to set myself free. Yes. So, so that was really hitting rock bottom. Mm-hmm. That was hitting rock bottom and that rock bottom state with attracting, like say negative people, negative feelings. You know, I want to drive into, I was on the Don Valley Parkway one day and I thought, what is it going to feel like to drive into the side of that bridge? Mm-hmm. Because I just, I just, couldn't get out of that depth of yes. suffering. Yes. And I, I missed him so much, right? Mm-hmm. It was, it was really hard because as much as he was a complete jerk 
and, you know, and could be so difficult, like just a difficult man, just a completely difficult man. He was also my greatest mentor. Mm-hmm. And he taught me so much about creativity and just tapping into the infinite possibilities of anything that you can, anything you want, anything you can be, anything, anything, Mm -hmm. and the magic of life. So Christmases were magical. Easter was magical. Christmas was so magical that he'd go outside and do reindeer footprints and Santa Claus footprints. So when my sister and I got up in the morning, we knew that the reindeers and Santa had been there because we looked out the window and we saw the tracks. You know, everything was just magic. Magic. And I think that that's, we can thank him for that, both of us can, for Kelly's Bake Shop, because the vision and the passion that he instilled in you is what has created this amazing, amazing brand that it's my fuel. Like let's absolutely your fuel. It's my fuel. Like that's, you know, I'm, I'm a high octane person, overachiever. Mm -hmm. And as, as, as much as there's adverse stuff that has hit me along the way, there, it, it's in those depths of suffering, that depths of yes. just pure, you know, hurt. Rock bottom. Rock almost. bottom stuff mm-hmm. is when that growth happens. Yes. So that's been a catalyst for me. So Absolutely. when he when he dropped dead, when he died so suddenly, I then got to feel that depth of that pain. That was my that was my fuel again to to come out the other side, and mm-hmm. that's why I've been on this journey of yeah. self exploration. And, and becoming so raw, I don't think that there's, and you know, Aaron, you say this all the time about me is that, that I, I just share everything with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really don't have a filter. Yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't have this, oh, should I say this or not say this? Yeah. I'm going, yeah, cause this is me. It's just truthful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's just being authentic and you know, it might not be the best way to run a business because, you know, you've got an employee and you want to talk to them quite openly about stuff. They don't really know how to take you. Right. Did this woman just say this to me right now? You know, Um, something I did want to ask you, and this just kind of goes back to the forgiveness part of um, this talk is, you know, why do you think that like you hold on to um, hurt and to suffering and why, like, why do you think that people as a whole hold on to this hurt? Well, it's comfortable. Right. So, you know, let's not, you know, ignore that. It's, it's a, a complete level mm-hmm. of comfort. It's, it's our identity. Absolutely. It's what we've created. It's the known. Hey, like mm-hmm. I get to be comfortable with my suffering and it's what I know. And why would I want to venture into something that is the unknown and, and not, you know, be comfortable with, with, with some other stuff happening to me. Like this, this is, this is, this is where your comfort is. So it keeps us safe. It keeps us protected in our stories. Right. And we get to keep on repeating them and repeating them. And true. When, when, when trauma happens to us guys, don't kid yourself. It it actually gets embedded into your cells at a very cellular level. Mm -hmm. And, and they do say that that is how disease happens. Absolutely. So because we emotionally react, we emotionally get these things that hit us along the way. We, we, we create these pain bodies and they get, they get, wedged into ourselves and, and, and it takes that work to unleash them. And that's, Hey, when we were with Dr. Joe Dispenza, we we, we were working really hard with that. And I think that, um, to add to, you know, being part of our stories, um, we learned, and I think that we've known this for a little while is, you know, 95% of your thoughts every single day are the same thoughts. And you have about 60, 60, 60,000 thoughts a day and 95% of them are the same thoughts. So the same thoughts from the day before. Correct. And the same thoughts from the day before that. Exactly. So what we have is that we're just subconsciously just 
automatically having those same thoughts, same thought patterns. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is what makes our personality, Absolutely. right? This is how our personalities are created. Exactly. Because when you have these thoughts day after day mm-hmm. after day after day, mm-hmm. eventually it's like, whoa, yes. they, they, they become that personality exactly. of ours. So with the talk that you had last week, um, we did a beautiful meditation at the end of the talk. And I kind of wanted to just chat about meditation as a whole, because to some people, it's a very new practice. And to us, it's something that we've started diving much deeper into recently. Um, and I just want to know, what does what does meditation look like for you? Hmm. Well, meditation, to me, I guess, it, it looks to me like it's a tool. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a tool to wellness. And it's a tool to manifest a new me, Mm -hmm. a new life, a new way of thinking of things. And, and that should be what we all want, right? Like let's, let's not kid ourselves. I think that there isn't anybody I know, anybody, you know, and all the podcasts I listen to or YouTube videos, everybody, you know, we're, we're all talking about, oh, you know, there's haters and there's trolls and, oh, this thing happened to me and that thing happened to me. And we're yeah. all complaining about our lives, right? 100%. We're all saying, here's my suffering. Yeah. Look at me. I'm a victim. Exactly. Like <laughs> it, know, comment right, on it. Okay, you know, uh, maybe I've got this going on mm-hmm. with me or that going on with me. And, and, and we get to celebrate it, you know, mm-hmm. look at me. And we only really talk about our lives when we're complaining, yes. right? So I think that <laughs> that's a good way to put it. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I've said to process what you just said. <laughs> so what I like to look meditation for me is for me to grasp hold of the potential that I can become. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to do. So I'm opening yes. up the space mm-hmm. to become all that I can be and set those intentions of, Hey, you know, like what, what would it look like? Or what would my life look like if I was healthy? Or what would my life look like if I was in a loving, trusting relationship? What would my life look like if I forgave? Right. You know, if we're talking about forgiveness, and, you know, how how can we, you know, guide our listeners to um, to know how how they can actually forgive? So the, and, and the forgiveness, so, so this is the big piece of it, right? Because again, we, we don't, this isn't going to be a long podcast mm-hmm. because we could talk about this for a couple of hours. It's, it's in that forgiveness is when we recognize that we're not for, okay, someone wrongs us. Okay. Let's, let's mm-hmm. just, let's just go through this. Someone wrongs us. Someone hurts us. Someone causes trauma to us. Someone sexually assaults us. Mm-hmm. Someone is an alcoholic and beats us. Mm-hmm. It happened only once. Yes. Right. So when I was sexually assaulted, when I was 12 years old, it happened one time, Mm -hmm. but in my mind and in my body, in my body mind, Mm -hmm. it has happened 1,938,618 times. Absolutely. Right. And you've repeated it again and again Mm -hmm. and again, every time I repeat it, Mm -hmm. my body becomes traumatized. Like it is actually happening Mm -hmm. in that present moment. Yes. So my body doesn't know any different. My body goes, Whoa, Kelly was just sexually assaulted again. Oh, because physiologically, I'm, I am taking all those chemicals again, all those reactions, all that adrenaline is all flowing through my body and it gets repeated and repeated and repeated. And then before you know it going, Oh, Kelly's got cancer of the 
stomach or cancer of the colon right. or, or, you cancer know, of the ovaries yes, or cervix something, or something. Yeah. yeah. yeah something because I, because I'm hanging on to that, yeah. you know, that trauma. Absolutely. So it's very important to forgive because compassionately mm-hmm. that person that sexually assaulted me, which I don't know who that gentleman was because mm-hmm. he put that coat over my head mm-hmm. and I have no idea who it was, but that person must've been so suffering in his life mm-hmm. to want to do that to a little 12 year old. It's un- And that's unbelievable that you can recognize that and acknowledge that now, 45 years later. Um, right. Now, yeah. why, why would I, so why would I want to keep hanging on to it and renting him space in my mind Absolutely. and in my body? Right. Because you're just suffering by holding on to totally. it. Totally. And repeating the pattern yes. of the story. Yes. So instead I go, whoa, you know, I, I, I forgive you mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm, I'm doing it for myself. Absolutely. And then I get to set myself free and then I go, but there shouldn't be any shame attached to it, Kelly, because you were trying your best too. Absolutely. So I get to forgive myself. Mm-hmm. I forgive him. I forgive my dad mm-hmm. because the joy from my father is how I get to live my life now. Like mm-hmm. Kelly's Bake Shop, having this podcast with you, yeah. um, you know, living my best life ever with, with you every mm-hmm. single day. Um, it just, you know, everything I get to do mm-hmm. is, is because of how he raised me and the stories I received from him and other people, of course, too. Yeah. But there's this culmination of everything that we've accomplished and experienced in our lives to where we are right now today mm-hmm. is because of everything that has happened to us, mm-hmm. the good and the bad, mm-hmm. right? So the forgiveness is liberation. Yes. And I've decided that I don't want these frozen circuits in my mind anymore. I've decided that these neurons are going to get rewired to become happy as opposed to being wired permanently to be sadness and me feeling sorry for myself and me staying in suffering lack and creating, and yes, creating lack in my life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Because you can, you, you can say this happened to me, this happened to me when I was sure. 12 and when I was 10 and whatever. And you're just repeating these same patterns. But if you choose to let it go and forgive you are becoming your future. And we're going to talk a lot more about this as well, too, when we talk about um, our experience at Dr. Joe Dispenza, because it was a life-changing week. Um, But I guess to kind of wrap it up in the next couple of minutes here for this podcast, um, any other kind of words of wisdom or notes or anything anything that's tangible for our listeners to um, kind of know about how to forgive, how to let something go that has been very, very traumatic to them? Well, we're going to do a meditation in probably the next episode. Right? Yes. I think that would be a really amazing thing yes, to do. I love that. And I think that we have to release the toxic sludge mm-hmm. that's being nestled and it has nestled over, over the decades mm-hmm. into our, our bodies in a very cellular level. Yeah. And it's how we create the space by tapping into our heart brain. Mm-hmm. And our heart is really an amazing organ because it actually has a brain of its own. And I don't know if you know that or not, but we're going to, I just was studying this the other day with uh, Greg Braden, really amazing guy and, um, online stuff. And there's 40,000 cells within our heart. That is our heart brain, 40,000 cells that is in our heart. That is our heart brain. And that's where another memory is stored. So besides our brain storing memory, we actually have our heart storing memories as well. Wow. So it's fascinating. So I'm all about doing heart meditations and actually keeping your hands on your heart Mm -hmm. because that's how you bring the attention to it, to heal it. Mm -hmm. And then, because we want to release those memories. We want to keep the good and we want to um, release all the 
the things that have traumatized us. So yeah. that's what I think is, is so important to do. So yeah. then, and, and it's with compassion, right? Because my dad was suffering because his dad, my grandpa was an alcoholic and then probably his Absolutely. grandpa was an alcoholic and it's all passed around in this, down the road in this yeah. generational, um, generational traumas. And you, you almost just have to stop the cycle. Yes, you do. Right? Yes, you do. Um, and it's for your sake though, right? 100%. Because you need to see me yes. as a healed woman Absolutely. so that you can live out the rest of your lifetime mm-hmm. in this beautiful, you know, loving way. Because yes. last thing you want to see is your mom suffer. Right. Right? Right. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think that in a future episode, we'll definitely be doing a forgiveness podcast or forgiveness meditation during the podcast, because I think it's, it's great to do, you know, more philosophical, like this is how you do it. But I think to actually put it into a tangible meditation that, um, everybody can use, I think would be so beautifully helpful. So me too. I think, uh, stay tuned for some more of that. I would really like that. Yeah. Awesome. I think too, what you can do is before you maybe you know, you go to bed and, and with your meditations is when you open your heart up with, um, statements that are open-ended. And what I mean by that is, um, your frontal lobe of your brain is the crowning glory of human, of, of, of the human species of all mammals on the planet. The humans have this frontal lobe, which allows you to open up your mind into the quantum field and into any possibility that's available to yourself. No other animal can do this. Only humans can. So when I say the open-ended questions like, what would my life look like if I was healthy? What would my life look like if I was wealthy? What would my life look like if I was in a loving and trusting relationship? And just sit there with that and allow all the possibilities to come you know, not immediately, they're going to come in the next week, two weeks, or three weeks. But if you do this repeatedly, this is how the quantum field gives you what you're looking for. Yes. So that's, that's the magic, but we can talk about that more. So. We can talk about that and more. That's, and, yes. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's what brings you joy. Amazing. Well, thank you for tuning in everyone. And yes, um, thank you so mom, much. Thank you so much for sharing and being so vulnerable. It was a beautiful event um, last week and I'm sure we'll be doing more and more events like this. So stay tuned and um, thanks for tuning in until next time. Love you guys. <laughs> Bye. Bye.